Today on Locked On Hawkeyes, Trent Condon, LaShawn Daniels together once again, and a Ference has been fired from coaching. No, not the one you think. That's today. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon, joined by former Hawkeye running back LaShawn Daniels as we talk the world of Hawkeye athletics with you. Available wherever you get podcasts. Hit us up with a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. LaShawn, good catching up with you again as we wait for news with the Iowa football team. Be a change. Kirk Ferentz last week thought maybe there was going to be a press conference. Well, not last week. Here we are through another week. We're on Thursday and still nothing coming in from the walls inside of Fort Kinnick. Man, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, it's been, I see, again, I think I said last week, it's just been a lot more chill on my side, right? Things a lot more quiet. Um, obviously, just been trying to keep up on Iowa basketball, but everything, I'm just not as quite as invested as I usually am because it's not football season. So, yeah. Um, definitely a lot more relaxed on my side, but you know, we're feeling good. Um, anytime you get to hop on the pod and talk Hawkeyes, it's always a good time. We're going to talk a little basketball, Iowa with a big matchup with Ohio state coming up over the weekend. The Buckeyes are reeling right now, lost a bunch of games in a row, but they've all been you know, single digit games, games that have gone, could have gone either way, including last night. Uh, also, uh, Chris street documentary. I'll have a little bit more on tomorrow's show about that. If you haven't had a chance to watch that yet. Get it on your DVR. Watch it. I know they're replaying it a bunch of times. Just an incredible watch. We talked uh, yesterday on the podcast with his teammate, Wade Looking Bill, and just about that time. And you can go back and always check that podcast out here, also on your podcast feed. But we'll get into all that, LaShawn. But want to start with football and the news of the day. And it comes from a name that a lot of people know. Steve Ferentz has been let go with the Miami Dolphins. He was an assistant linebackers coach, some a change is happening in McDaniel's staff down there in Miami after they lose in the playoffs in the opening round. You know, uh, a lot of people going a lot of different directions. Hey, Ferentz has been fired. It's not Brian Ferentz, and that's ultimately what we're caring about here. But a tough, a guy that I know you knew from your playing days back there, and anytime you hear you know, that coaching staff when you get into the college game, yeah, there's the great success stories. But there's also that other side in the grind, and you look at the NFL and just how difficult it is year after year after year, it's it's a tough, tough pro, uh, program to go inside of and just making your decision. This is going to be your career going into that coaching world. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something that's it's not easy at all. I mean, I've got friends, former teammates that have gone into the profession, both and at the college level and at the professional level. And yeah, it's a different type of stress versus kind of being a player. Um, because now I got, at least like in college, like there's stress and whatnot, but, um, when you're a coach, it's obviously, it's like, it's your livelihood. You're trying to provide for yourself, for your families, and you obviously have big goals, whether you're, uh, you progress through the college ranks, um, you get more opportunities at another schools and things like that. And it's kind of the same thing with the NFL. Obviously it's, you're a little bit more invested as a player, um, because now that is your job, you're just trying to. 
you're just trying to make it. You're just trying to continue staying on the roster, um, continue to get opportunities, take advantage of them. And then it's like the same thing with coaching. You want to get your foot in that door. You want to make an impression. You want to do good things and you want to steadily climb the ranks. And it's definitely not something that's for the faint of heart. That's for sure. Uh, and especially in the amount of hours that those guys are putting in uh, week in and week out and throughout the entire season, uh, it's definitely a different kind of grind for sure. And obviously it takes a special kind of person to want to go into that and to actually have success in being able to coach at those levels. You uh, are helping out on the side. You're ha- coaching high school football. You ever get the itch? I mean, you see those guys early on, you're a grad assistant, you're making peanuts. It's, there's no sure thing. You know, you look at some guys. In fact, I just had a question the other day. There was a assistant coach on Drake basketball here on the staff under Dr. Tom and Kino. And somebody asked me what happened to this assistant. I looked it up and he's coaching some NAIA school in Memphis, you know, at, at 50 years old and who knows, you know, financially what that is. Yeah. There's a great success. You look at NFL coaches and you look at college coaches and the May money that they're making when you get to that spot, but it's a grind and there's no guarantees that you're going to get there. You ever get the itch to go back and give it a shot at the collegiate level? You got a pretty big, (laughs) good gig going though, right now. (laughs) Yeah. So funny thing, you actually mentioned that. So uh, my dad's always talking to me about coach. Obviously the spot I'm in right now, the job I'm in right now is pretty good, right? Working at a sports is pretty good. Um, But he's always like, like, like I like we have our in the group chat and whatnot, and I'm always we're always talking football and stuff and whatnot. And he's always like, "You need to get into coaching, this and that, blah blah blah, blah um, all types of stuff." And then he's like, "Because obviously, and my dad and uh, Fickle were were teammates in college, and he was like, "Hey, if you, hey, if you need me to, you know, hit him up or whatever, and you want to go coach, like I can, I, I can slide you his number." Um, and I mean, it was something I did consider. I mean, honestly, I still do consider it every now and again just because I, mean, I do love football and I just love kind of being in that environment and just spreading the knowledge that I have gained and uh, developed over the years and spreading it to other people to try to help them out. Something I've definitely considered, uh, but I don't know. The fact that I, right now like I'm at the house, like I have a little one, I have a four-year-old, so it's like going into that route, like maybe like if I wouldn't have had uh, had any kids, right? Like, I was probably something I'd probably be more willing to go into. But, like, as of right now, it's probably just something that's on the back burner and I'm kind of just enjoying coaching that high school level. But don't get me wrong. It's something that I have considered a bunch. And my dad never lets me forget about going into coaching. He's <laughs> like, yeah, it's the opportunity if you want it. I got, I got all these connects and, and whatnot. And he's like, Hey, if you hit up Coach Ferrans, I'm sure he'll find a spot for you somewhere and all this types of stuff. So, Well, it, it's so interesting, just the coaching world and you see inside of it and, and going through some of the paths that people have taken. You know, I talked to people that have gone that route, got to know Jeff Horner incredibly well, former Hawkeye basketball player. You remember him uh, back out there on the hardwood back when you were playing. And, you know, Jeff, he was a high school coach uh, for a while here at Valley. We taught together in the West Des Moines School District and, and talking to him about that, and he just, you, you never know. And he got an opportunity, and he kind of made the decision, I'm either going to be a high school coach the rest of my career, or I got to take a shot. And he went up to North Dakota, and he became an assistant coach up there and kind of moved up the ranks. And ultimately, he's coaching D2 basketball down at Truman State and doing a really good job with that program. But it's that same kind of thing. And taking that leap, he had the same thing. You know, he had a young daughter, and 
Well, you go from, you know, a pretty nice salary and you're taking a step back a lot of times, you know, when you make that initial leap and just you know, being able to make it work and, and figuring out financially if it makes sense at that time. And when you got a kid, <laughs> that changes it. <laughs> a couple of kids, it changes it even more. You know, when I left teaching to start do radio full time, I had the same thing. I put in my resignation letter literally days before my first daughter was born. My, my firstborn was what happened a couple of days later. My wife thought I was a little bit crazy. Now, ultimately, it's worked out well, but sometimes you also got to take that leap of faith. And we're kind of coming full circle here and talking around in circles. But one thing I want to get into here. Yes, it's not the fairness we were thinking about moving on, looking for a different path in their coaching career. We're talking about Brian. When we come back on the other side, we're going to talk about Fort Kinnick as I like to joke about, trying to get information from inside the walls. There is a divided camp happening right now with the Iowa Beat reporters. About half of them think that there is going to be a, a change, that Brian Ference is not going to be a part of the staff, or at minimum, is not going to be the offensive coordinator. The other side is believes that, yes, there will be a change. So in the middle, we got somebody that lived it, LaShawn. He's going to talk about going through those times, what Kirk told you guys to say. We'll do that when we continue here. On Lockdown Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Great information always over there. They do an incredible job of keeping you up to date on all the odds and trends. Every pro and college league out there, pro football, we got the divisional round of the playoffs. We'll get some picks on those a little bit later on against the number. We'll have some fun with that. Basketball, Golf going on right now. I'm a big golf better, and they got you covered at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, they got you covered with those as well over at Bet Online. It's always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting information. Head to the website today or just hop on your phone to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Trent Con and LaShawn Daniels back with you again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen. So, LaShawn talked about. Or kidding. Information. We got beat guys that can't agree because ultimately I was not a place where you get tons of breaking news that happens, certainly inside the football walls, before Kirk wants it out there. I mean, it is very buttoned up. So as you were going through that process and everybody's asking the question, everybody's trying to use their sources, is there going to be a change at offensive coordinator? That's the ultimate kind of question that is out there. What was it like as a player? And you know, beat reporter, maybe that you started to develop a bond or a relationship with, you know, those kind of things. Was it ever, hey, maybe you're you're talking a little bit too much to them. You're giving a little bit too much information. Take us inside the walls. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you mean, when it comes to media and dealing with the media, every single year, we always have a media training, um, basically going through things of, all right, this is a good example of what an interview looks like. This is what a bad example of what an interview looks like. Wait, wait, um, wait. Was this, was this one of the, an Iowa guy that gave a bad interview and they showed it to you guys? Uh, Not necessarily an oh, Iowa okay. guy. Okay. No, okay. not I was necessarily say, an Iowa guy. I'm, I'm trying to remember back at who be, you know, I think of some of the bulletin board material that's been up there. Julian Vandevelde, he was talking about, you know, hating the entity that is Iowa State. I'm sure Kurt didn't handle that one real well. That's probably kind of the examples, though, that you're they're giving you guys. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, like, yeah, those are examples that they'll show us. And then they'll be like, yeah, this is what a great example looks like. And it's basically just an interview. It'll be like one of our guys doing an interview and basically not saying anything. Just kind of <laughs> talking in circles. Not uh -huh. No actual substance is actually coming out. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, we, we did a bunch of that training and stuff. And at the end of the day, it was basically don't say anything that, you know, coach Ferentz hasn't said or kind of already addressed at this point. Um, don't obviously speak for anybody else. Like you can't obviously don't speak on injuries um, and just things around like that. So kind of the situation that they're in right now, obviously everyone's kind of waiting and seeing like, Hey, is there going to be any moves on coaching staff and this and that? And uh, part of it could be that, Hey, maybe even the players don't even know at this point, because like right now, obviously they're, they just got back on campus. They're just now getting into their winter conditioning program. Like most of the time, you never really, we didn't, like when we first start in the off season program, we didn't really talk to the coaches. It was kind of just coach parents talk to us uh, like right when we get back. And then like you see the coaches around the building and you have brief conversation with them, but it was never anything like truly, truly formal. And then I see most of the time is kind of spent with the strength staff. Obviously it's been a few years since I've been there. So who knows it might've changed it up uh, at this point in time. So, um, you know, maybe they do have an idea of the coaching staff is how it's moving, how it's going to adjust and moving forward. Uh, but, and when it comes to letting that information out, yeah, no, no one, no one, no one even take the risk of even giving a hint to else to anyone outside of the building, just because, you know, you don't want to be the person mm-hmm. uh, that you know, leaked any information out and um, things like things of that nature. So, yeah, I mean, the, the guys around the building, they've got a pretty good handle on, uh, you know, what they can and can't say. I mean, even now, the fact that they even let freshmen do interviews and do media uh, tells me that, yeah, they, they've got an idea of um, what that media training is. And it, it's, it's obviously working because no one's heard anything. No one's even got any like hints or any kind of idea of kind of what's, what's happening right now. It's just crazy right now. So there, there's a portion of the beat. Tom Caker, Hawkeye Report, he's been one of the more prominent ones. He doesn't believe that there's going to be a change in the coaching staff. And there's others, Chad Leistico, and Steve Batterson on my show, uh, the longest scribe on the beat right now, those guys. And there's the other faction, David Eichel to 24-7. They believe that there is still going to be a change to the happening. And it shows you that nobody really knows because <laughs> if somebody really know, you know, it, we we would – probably be able to hear a little bit more, but that shows you just that buttoned up nature of the Iowa football program and, and what you're dealing with on, on that basis. And until Kirk wants people to know, people aren't going to know. And that training certainly is a big part of that. You know, as we wait, the NFL still making moves. There's still eight teams obviously remaining and we got the divisional games coming up this weekend. But, you know, with that being said, it is, I was behind compared to the rest of college football. You know, Clemson's made a move, and you look at other teams that have made those moves at offensive coordinator and the like. Do you believe I was falling behind by in this way? If it turns out ultimately there is a change, and it happens a week from now, two weeks from now, whatever it turns out to be, it'll be before spring practice. It'll be before you know the guys are out there. But is this something that is leaving Iowa behind, or is it just a timeline that, that Kirk ultimately just believes in? So it's a great question. Honestly, I think it's, Partially both. Um, definitely, Coach Ferentz isn't going to rush into any decision regarding his staff at any point in time. He never has, never will. As long as he's running the program, right? He's, it's going to be, it's going to move kind of on his tempo, essentially. Even when things aren't going great, it's still going to move kind of on his tempo. But with that being said, 
again, college football moves fast and feel like the coaching carousel moves even faster. And you get out of the season and a bunch of different teams are making changes on their staff and people are getting in, getting interviews and getting hired pretty quickly. And some of the best talent, uh, especially like those young, young, talented assistant coaches that end up growing into coordinators or growing into head coaches, those guys don't, they're not in the, in the job market for very long. It's like, you know, they're there and then next thing you know, they're gone. And the reason being is because they have a lot of potential. They have the work to kind of show for everything that they've done so far. And when you're kind of slow to move to that, I feel like you miss out on some of that top tier talent that you may be you know, yearning for, looking for, for, for your program. Um, so I do think it's partially of both of the fact that, Hey, Coach Ference isn't going to move as, fast some of these other places he's not gonna make any haste decisions but that said you don't want to move too slowly because again a bunch of the people that you're looking for to add on your staff blah blah that top town is already moving on to um you know different different teams different universities it is nice though that you see the nfl they did get that extra week a few years back and so that did push things a little bit later so if you are looking to exclude some nfl talent and as teams make decisions over the next, you know, basically through the Super Bowl um, for coaches and, and staffs and things like that. You still do have opportunity there. But um, again, a bunch of the opportunities, a bunch of the coaches that you're looking for to get into your staff, they are making moves quickly. And we've seen it a bunch. Um, we just saw the other day, uh, who was it? Arkansas's offense coordinator went to TCU, something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and TCUs went to Clemson. TCUs went to Clemson, yep. And again, I mean, that, those teams were New Year's Six Bowl. TCU obviously played the national championship game, and obviously they, they, they're making moves kind of right now. I see Iowa, we didn't have the season that we needed, and it felt like, really kind of felt like I'm looking at a program stance that like, hey, if you were going to make a move, you really need to get in there and get – into that talent pool kind of pretty early, kind of essentially what, like what they did at the quarterback position in the transfer portal, right? They didn't, they didn't really wait. They went and kind of attacked it uh, relatively early in that process. And I feel like if they are planning on making a move at the coaching position, I feel like it's something right now that's really, really lagging behind. But that's just my opinion. Well, we got a lot more Hawkeye talk here for you on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. We're going to look forward to the weekend with the Iowa men as they'll make their way up to LaShawn stomping grounds up in Columbus and take on the Buckeyes, a reeling Buckeye squad as Iowa had a little extra time off this week with the postponement of the Northwestern game. That game has been rescheduled. Talk about that. Also the Iowa women, they get it done tight one against Michigan state. Talk about that wrestling coming up this weekend and a whole lot more as we roll through. This is the lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks again for making lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen Every day, make sure to check out our brand new basketball co- podcast. It's Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode also brought to you in part by Built Mar- Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you gotta try a Built Bar. We got through the holidays. I've been working to get a little healthier, eating better, and Built can help you with that. 
Healthy is actually tasty. So delicious, you won't even think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Great flavors, churro, peanut butter, brownie. I'm not sure how Built Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better, they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And you don't have to wait around for your box. You can still order them at Built.com. Well, now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Go to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, go in there. They have a 13-bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Wrap it up here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Trent and LaShawn with you. All right, LaShawn, let's uh, get into the basketball team. Such a weird week. It was supposed to be a night on Wednesday night where the celebration of Chris Street today on the 19th, the 30th anniversary of his passing. I was in middle school at the time. Absolutely devastating. Grew up a Hawkeye fan. What Iowa basketball meant in this state. So impactful. For anybody that hasn't seen it, you, it's it's a must. If you're a, an Iowan, if you're a Hawkeye fan, you're listening to us, I'm going to guess you are. Absolutely find a way to watch it. Even if you don't get Big Ten Network, it's something they, they'll have up, I'm sure, soon on YouTube. It, it is so impactful, and it just shows how important Chris Street was. And um, We'll talk about that a little bit more on tomorrow's podcast. But back to the basketball team, the here and now. I left them for dead. I thought it was over. That Eastern Illinois loss, just brutal. The 0-3 start in the Big Ten. They looked lethargic. They looked out of sorts. And then you go back to the Maryland game on Sunday. Now, Tony Perkins, another guy. I didn't know if he was going to be able to pull himself out of the slump. Well, Bray McCaffrey, I don't know how he does it, but he's put, pushed the right buttons again. First, he got Peyton Sanford out of an 0-for-19 shooting slump. Now he's done the same thing with Tony Perkins and the performance that he had on Sunday. Fran, there's things that, yes, I get frustrated with. The two-foul rule in the first half that drives me nuts. There's things that he does over the course of a game. I think any fan of basketball though there's going to be things that every coach does that annoys you but you got to give credit to the guy if they get to the tournament this year they'll be eight out of ten years making the ncaa tournament yeah yeah i think um you know coach fran has done a fantastic job so far um with his team obviously yeah they've had a bunch of hot and cold uh throughout the year which is something that it, it happens to basketball teams but you do want to see improvement week in, week out, just as you do with football, football season, just as you do in basketball season. You want to see, you know, guys stop making the same mistakes. You want to see guys improve in certain different things. And over their last four games, they've been able to do that. Um, I see you've gotten a lot of help from a lot of different players up until this point over the last four weeks and four games. And hopefully we can get that to continue because, yeah, those are good things you want to see. Every game is not going to be perfect. Not every game is going to go – as smoothly as you would like to and you know you're obviously probably going to lose some couple games here and there over the rest of the year but as long as you know they're not making the same silly mistakes they're making early in the basketball season and they continue to improve and players continue to step up and make plays when called upon yeah i think they're going to be in a really really good spot and i see a bunch of uh credit has to go to coach fran for getting his guys back on the right track and um you know, continue, continuing to build uh, after each game because, yeah, it's a it's a long season. There's still a couple months 
uh, really a month and a half until you get to the tournament. Uh, so there's still a lot of basketball to be played. And as long as they continue on this track, I think they'll be in a pretty good spot once you get to, to March. So Saturday, it'll be Ohio State. That's on Fox. Gus Johnson will be on the call with Jimmy Jackson. So should be a fun call there. Uh, hearing him call an Iowa game, always entertaining. Ohio State, they're reeling. They've lost five consecutive, but they got some dudes out there. Zed Key, he's been banged up. Feels like he's been around for uh, forever. He's just a junior still. Just a crazy environment that is college basketball. But they got a freshman, Bryce Sensenbaugh. Shoot the ball incredibly well. He's shooting 46% from downtown. He's thick. He's like 6'6", 235. He is a tough handle for anybody. Kind of wonder what they're going to do defensively. I'm going to guess Chris Murray probably going to get that assignment against him throughout most of this basketball game. But Ohio State, a really talented team that is just kind of going the wrong way, losing games in, in all kinds of different directions. It's it's a dangerous spot for Iowa. You know, all those good feelings that they built here over the last couple of weeks. This is a team that's going to come in pissed off, probably inspired, ready to go. Hawkeyes are going to have to strap it on in this one. Yeah, they're going to have to. Uh, like you said, Ohio State has not been in a great spot. I mean, I think they've lost, what, last five mm-hmm. uh, games they've played? Yeah, which, hey, hey, again, if, if you're trying to get yourself in the spot to basically make a run and get into this point of the season, especially as you get to the end of January, five straight losses is in a good spot to be in. Obviously, they're going to, they're playing at home um, after two road games back to back, and they're looking to kind of turn these things around. And again, as you said, I was feeling good. They won some really, really great games over their over the streak, but they can't go in there and just expect just because Ohio State's been kind of falling off, they're just going to kind of walk in there and expect a victory, which I know they won't do. But um, it's just one of those things. Hey, this is a team that's going to be battling. They're, battling for tournament life kind of right now. Um, and Iowa has to really kind of put that away for them. Um, don't let the momentum get on their side. Obviously playing and playing at home, they're going to have the fans. Um, it's going to be a good environment to be in. Um, so obviously they just got to make sure that, you know, you can keep your composure. Uh, you know, you don't press too, too much and, you know, you just play your game. And if Iowa can do that, they should be able to, to walk out with the victory. Never know. Never know in college basketball. And they were able to do that a year ago. They went up to Columbus. They had to have that game move around because Iowa wasn't getting able to get there because they had a plane issue. And then the weather made it incredibly difficult. They went in there, though, and took the Buckeyes' best shot. And they won that game 75-62. to Big performance out of Keegan Murray in that one. Going to have to have Chris step up in a big way. He had a big shot in that game. Obviously, he is the focal point of this team because it doesn't get any easier after that. After the road trip to Columbus, then they go to the Izone. That's right. Make their way to the Breslin Center and Michigan State. Place has been a house of horrors for Iowa basketball. Well, really, for the last 30 years, dating back to uh, the first game back after the passing of Chris Street when Iowa had the comeback victory in that one. So that's what's on tap for Iowa coming up this week, Saturday, Ohio State, and then next Thursday against Michigan State. Speaking of Sparty, the Iowa women found a way uh, to get it done last night as they picked them off in overtime. Caitlin Clark nearly had a triple-double. She was doing her thing. Cezano, she was outstanding. But outside of that, a lot of just rough moments in there. But if you're going to win a regular season crown in basketball, men's or women's, it doesn't matter. Those are the kind of games you have to win. They didn't play their best, didn't shoot it real well. It was a clunky performance, yet to gut out a road victory against an okay Michigan State team. I think that says a lot about this women's program. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just to continue to battle 
as as we said earlier, not every game is going to be perfect. Not every game is going to be pretty. But at the end of the day, as long as you get a W and then that win loss column, uh, it's it's a successful successful game. And that's what the women have been able to do. Um, they were able to do it against Michigan State. Um, coming up here, obviously they're <laughs> going to have to play a lot better uh, to beat um, an undefeated Ohio State team, who's really their women has just been dominating the entire basketball season. I want to say like like fourteen or thirteen or fourteen out of their eighteen games they've won so far have been by double digits. So yeah, that's that's not going to be a tough matchup. Not going to be the easiest matchup. I mean, um, obviously everyone's going to have to play better. Can't just be uh, Caitlin and Susano uh, carrying the team. Some other players are going to have to step up and make plays if they expect to uh, go into uh, Columbus and, and walk out with the victory. So, um, yeah, you, you need those tough tough games throughout the throughout the basketball season um, because those are the games that you want to be able to see that your team can rally and can win those basketball games because those type of games get important. As the season goes on, games get a lot tighter get a lot tired people are fighting for tournament lives you're trying to prep for you know really advancing in the tournament and making a deep run and so as the season continues you're just going to continue to look forward to that women's basketball team and just continuing to fight continuing to battle and continuing to improve each game and the wrestling team they get nebraska coming up on friday night tomorrow night that'll be also uh, on btn always fun to watch that that wrestling team and see them out there get to see spencer lee out there on the home mat one more time just a couple more appearances left for him uh, in Carver, and his career will obviously come to a close here this March. He's got a, a top five ranked kid that he'll be facing off uh, in the early portions of that one. So we'll keep an eye on that. Talk about it all, Lashawn. Hey, good catching up with you. You uh, mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, going through those workouts. That's what the football team is going through right now. We're sometime here in the next week or two. We need to talk about that. What is this winter conditioning that we always hear about? I don't feel like we know a lot about it. We'll get into that in the coming weeks. Have a great weekend. We'll talk again soon, LaShawn. For sure. Sounds good. Go Hawks. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. Our experts, Isaac Shoddy and Andy Patton, bring you everything you need to know on and off the floor. Plus hear from the big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. It's Lockdown College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. We'll talk to you again tomorrow here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Go Hawks.